This podcast is for week two readings, and I will start by talking about Arguing About Definitions by Edward Schiappa. This reading starts off talking about rhetorical aspects of definitions, which is definitions themselves are arguments, and one can argue about definitions. Then it goes on to talk about denotative conformity, which is a specific form of social control that definitions induce, meaning that definitions are just things that people associated with words and we as a society just go along with it because that's just what we're told. Um, Then it goes on to talk about real definition and disassociation. A real definition is all efforts to define things rather than words. So they define what things themselves are, not what the words themselves are. Dictionary definitions, on the other hand, are lectual definitions and not real definitions because those just support how words have been used in the past rather than what the thing actually is. The real definition of a word is one that truly depends on what is essential about the world's at, about the wor- word at the time. Uh, disassociation can be used to suggest that a new definition is not threatening to break from tradition. Well, a lot of people when a lot of people nowadays are afraid of change and when a new definition comes out, a lot of people take it as a threat to what they've always known, I guess. Um, I really like how in this article, the main definition, the main example that they use for all of these is the word death. And the real definition of death is not saying how people use the word death, but rather identifying the defining characteristics of what death itself really is. Originally, death was indicated by a physician feeling a pulse or hearing breath sounds, and if there were none of that, then death was determined. Um, But then as years went on, organ transplants and life support machines have made that definition a problem in the medical society. Um, Physicians and attorneys and philosophers had to argue about what the new definition of death would be, and the biggest issue was the clash between brain death and traditional death, where traditional death would be the stop of of the cardiovascular system, while brain death is no brain activity and there's no chance that any brain activity will come back. Some people, when redefining death, went with the notion of people's personality is in their brain, so brain death would be considered death, while others tried to focus on the true nature of human life and kind of just went with the fact that if the person's heart wasn't beating or their lungs weren't working, then they were automatically dead because their organs were failing and they were not breathing on their own. An 
being a criminal justice major, I really liked how they used the um, court case Tucker versus Lower. In this case, the judge initially instructed the jury to use the traditional cardiorespiratory definition of death, and then the judge changed her mind and allowed the jury to consider brain damage as a possible cause of death. If the jury went with the traditional definition, the doctor would have, quote-unquote, killed the patient, but the jury went with the brain death definition, and the doctor was able to go free. I see a lot of problems, though, with this, because, like it talks about in the reading, that when do you know is the right time to, like, pull the pull the plug, I guess, of when somebody is brain dead. So this definition just really shows the difference of definitions and words, like the word death. Like, it really shows that definitions can change over time, and a lot of definitions do end up changing over time. For the second portion of this podcast, I will be talking about presidential rhetoric and the power of definition. I think that this article is very interesting. Being someone who loves learning about politics, I've watched many presidential speeches. I found it very interesting that so much work and thought about every little detail goes into making a presidential speech, even down to the hand motions and choreography of the president. This article really ties in to the other article for this week because it talks a lot about how the way presidents use certain words and how it can alter the definition of the word. For example, the article says how President Bush said, we are at war after terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001. Although President Bush used the word war, technically it was not a war. It was not military. It didn't come from a nation. No country declared war on us, and we didn't declare war on any other country. In this example, President Bush used war more as a metaphor rather than the true definition. President Bush's choice of words were very thought out in a way that would bring the American people together in such a horrible time and give the people a sense of clarity in thinking the United States will be getting revenge. Another way this article ties into the other one for this week is when the article talks about liberalism throughout history. Presidents have used the same words in multiple ways. In the article states that President Reagan and Bush redefined liberalism. This shows that the definition of words is in fact an argument, because throughout history many words end up changing, especially when it has to do with the presidency, because the president has so much of an impact on the people and how the people think about certain things. I found it very interesting that throughout history people have studied president rhetoric through gathering evidence and conducting experiments and figuring out how specific things the president says or does in his speech and how it affects the thoughts and views of the people. 
The article says they focus on message audience relationship. They look for the effects the words have on the people of the United States. This type of research is only one dimension of rhetoric transaction. I also found it very interesting that certain words can either invite or cause something. Invite meaning a reasonable person plausibly might see it that way, or cause meaning it sparks a copycat response by others. This happens a lot in presidential rhetoric because it is more likely to suggest possibilities and issue initiatives that determine outcomes.